Hallelujah. All right, we're going to get into the word. We're going to talk about intimacy with God. And this is one sure way you won't die, but you will live. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Madam. All right. Father, we do thank you for your word. We love you. We bless you. And we exalt you today. And we lift you up. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And we do honor you, Father. We thank you for yet another opportunity to serve you, Lord God, to worship you, to come to your house with other believers and exalt your holy name. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Well, you know, God wants intimacy with us. Amen. Why? Because he wants us to be okay. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be perform at our finest. You know, he wants us in peak condition. And the only way we can do that is to have a closeness. That word intimacy means closeness. Amen. Like uh, a, a marriage, because we are married to him. Amen. He is the husbandman and, and the church is his his wife. We're his bride. Amen. And so he wants that closeness with us, but we don't want it with him. (laughs) We don't. Amen. We just don't. Because we're afraid of God. Or we're afraid that God would ask us to do. This is what it was with me when I was a new believer. I said, he might send me to, well, all y'all know. Send me to Africa. And I was afraid. I said, I want to go to Africa. Amen, which I found out that's not the worst place he can send you. But we fear what he might tell us to do. We fear what he might expect of us. And so we try to stay away or keep our distance. We want God and we love God, but we want him only so much. We want what he provides. He provides protection, long life, good health. He provides everything that we need, and we want those things. So in other words, we want the healing without the closeness. We want deliverance and freedom without the closeness. You know, we don't, we don't want that, um, that relationship, I should say. We don't want intimacy, but we want everything that intimacy brings us. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because we all get better. As we know him, as we, the the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And once we taste of his goodness, his love, his mercy, his graciousness, and we want a little bit more and a little bit more. But you notice how we just want a little bit. We want small intervals. Do you agree? Not me. Ah, you know, I, but God wants intimacy with us. Amen. Hallelujah. But we do want the blessing without the intimacy. You know, we don't mind praying. We don't mind praying in tongues and getting what we want. You know, or we want to please God on that level. But when God wants us to enter in face to face, are y'all here? Then we try to get busy doing something else. Amen. 
We're to crave God's love and crave his closeness, just like we do uh, another person. Amen. It's getting real quiet in this Presbyterian church. Amen. And so we are to crave the love of God, but we crave other things. Why? Because we're human. Amen. Because we're human. But God eventually captures our hearts. Amen. Just give him a chance to work on you. (laughs) And he captures us. And that love, that Zoe love, that God kind of love entraps us. And we're good to go. Amen. But God has to, so he has to allow some things like he allowed the devil to attack Job. He has to allow some things for us to get there. Amen. I mean, to that degree where we're one-on-one with him in that closeness. We didn't all just start out wanting to be close to God. Amen. We didn't. And then the devil's there always trying to manipulate us. Always trying to, you notice when you want to uh, have uh, your time with God, the phone's going to ring. Amen. Grandkids come over. Something happens. See, the devil is always being for our attention. And this is never going to stop. But what we can do is we can um, just hide ourselves in the cleft of the rock of God and know that he is there for us. Amen. Religion will try to come in. And then we get the wrong understanding and idea about what God is about. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil is always there with the false. He doesn't want you to have the real. Amen. But God wants that closeness that we all crave. We all crave that closeness. We just got our, we have our subjects confused. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. That didn't go over well, but it's okay. Still true. Hallelujah. But God does want relationship. He wants that closeness. Now, let's see. Relationship, the definition is connection. So God wants that connection with us. Amen. You know, when we go to him, he wants to say, oh, yeah, that's my girl. That's Shirley. You know, you know, she has this going on and that going on and this. And she has a problem over here with this. See, he wants to know us. Amen. He says, and I know what I need to give her today. You know, that's how it is with God. He's interested in us. He's not just interested in blessing us. He wants to bless us and he's already blessed us. But he wants our attention. He wants to um, have have a, a relationship or so to speak an affair with us so that we'll know him and he'll know us. And God is a jealous God, by the way. He's a jealous God. You know, he doesn't like it when we desire affections of others and not him. Amen. Even in a marriage relationship, he wants to be right in the middle of that relationship so that the husband and wife can draw from him and then come together in love and in appreciation of him. And he makes the marriage stronger. So I don't care how you look at it. God wants to be number one. And we put him on the back burner a lot. Some days, depending on our our feelings, we'll put him up close, you know, in personal, number one. 
And then some days he's number two and some days he's number three and some days we don't get to him. But we know he's a forgiving God. And he, we know that we can go to him in repentance with a repentant heart and we can say, God, I'm sorry. I know I should have put you first. I didn't, but I love you and I want to start over. God gives, he's the God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. He, he never stops giving us chances. That's a good thing about God. People, when they've forgiven you once or twice, when they've done with you, they done. But God, see, that's the difference. That's the difference. But God is never done with us. He is never finished with us. Amen. But it's like a marriage with God. Amen. In, in a marriage, you know, you expect people to be uh, uh, close to you and dependable and faithful and true to you. God expects those things, too. And be honest with you, I found that I've been on both sides. I found that it's easier to please God than man. It really, really is. <laughs> so we want to avoid intimacy with God because our flesh has to die. And that's another thing. Uh, see, you can't take flesh with God into his throne, face to face with him. You got to leave that stuff. You know, you can't take it to the altar. You have to leave that stuff behind. And God is saying, you know, you're going to have to make a choice. Choose ye this day who you're going to serve. You're either going to serve flesh or you're going to serve God. Amen. Hallelujah. It seems like always I'm always the one to have to teach this kind of stuff or preach this kind of stuff. But, hey, either it's me or whoever, you know. But we need to hear it. Amen. See, this is the thing. We can no longer be fake with God. Because when God removes all of this other stuff in between us and him, then there's that's where the truth speaks. And you can't take this fake stuff in there with God because he can see right through it. Amen. And so he wants you to, so to speak, let your hair down and be real with him so that he can fix everything that's broken. Amen. He's right in the middle of the mess that we create or the Satan creates it for us. And God, all he wants to do is come in and fix everything that's broken. Put in, 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 um, in order those things that are out of order. But we have to be honest with him. We have to do what we know we have to do. Amen. So we want to be delivered and set free, healed. We want to be blessed. We want the financial blessing, but we don't want to make God first. And we must make God first. Amen. Now, devil, you a liar. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God is a good God. (laughs) Amen. So God wants commitment. He wants intimacy. He wants all these things from us. Everybody's on the same page with that, right? Let's go to Galatians 5, verse 6. Hallelujah. We really need to be intimate with God. Because if we're not intimate with God, then we don't feel the love of God. So you got to know somebody to know that they love you. And so we need that knowledge that God loves us. Amen. And faith, your faith works by love. 
So if you don't have intimacy and you don't, ha- you won't have the love of God or know the love of God. You won't know how much God loves you. And then your faith won't work. Let's see. Galatians 5, 6. It says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Hallelujah. And uh, let's see that. What does that mean? It means that you are either, let's see, perfected or unperfected. I'll say that. Either perfected or unperfected. It says it it does no good. It avails anything. It says, but faith works by love. Amen. So faith must work by love. If you don't have the love of God, if you don't know. See, most of us, we don't know God loves us. We got love in our hearts, but we don't know that God loves us. And if you don't know God loves you, then you don't reciprocate his love. Amen. But faith works by love. If you don't uh, feel the love, know that God loves you, know that God is for you and he's not mad at you. If you don't know that, then your faith won't work. And then we wonder what's wrong with our faith. Avis, do you have the Amplified? She said, oh, my goodness, that's okay. I got part of it. Yeah, try to find it. And it says here in the Amplified, part of it says, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. Amen. Anybody have any? Uh, that's okay if you don't have it. But uh, write down one First John four eight, because it says God is love, and you need to know that God is love. He's not angry at you. So if there is no commitment and no intimacy and no relationship with God, you won't experience the love of God, and then your faith won't work. Amen. Because faith does not work without love. Hallelujah. So knowing God's love is what we God wants for us. This is why he wants us to experience him in an intimate way. Hallelujah. And then here comes the fear. If you don't know God's love, fear is going to come in because the devil's going to come in there with fear, try to intimidate you. Amen. Hallelujah. And we need to know the love of God. That's the only thing that gets rid of fear is knowing the love of God. God's perfect love gets rid of fear or it perfects the fear. Let's see. First John four. Let's go there and read it for ourselves. Hallelujah. First John. Okay. First John four. Verse 18. I think it's 18. Yeah. And it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. You see why we need to know God's perfect love? See, we have an understanding, yeah, God loves us. We have that understanding, but you need to know God's love. To know his love is to have a relationship with him. Amen. And that's when you're perfected in love. You're perfected in love when you know you know that God loves you. You have no doubt. Because, see, that's what caused people to be doubters and double-minded when they're not sure that God loves them. Amen. But that relationship is a safeguard. That intimacy with God is a safeguard because you look at it like this. You you know his mind. See, this is the thing. When you start to have a relationship with him, you start to understand and know his thoughts and his mind. Amen. And then wisdom opens up. 
Revelation opens up. And so that's what a relationship does. And there's secrets, mysteries, you know. And then you, you'll look back and you'll say, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, okay. That's what that meant. And so you start to understand the mysteries of God. When you have a relationship with him, and I'm not talking about religion and I ain't talking about church. I'm talking about relationship. Amen. Amen. Because religion has taken the place of relationship with God. People want to know his word, and it's good to know his word. We should know his word according to Proverbs 4.20. Keep the word in your eyes, in your mouth. We should know uh, the word of God. But some people use that as doctrine. You know their doctrine. I know the word of God. And see, those people, you can't tell them anything because they replaced religion with relationship. Amen. And And how long they've been in the church. I've been saved for 30 years, but you don't even know him. Amen. See, just because you you know that word and it's good to know does not mean that you know him. Amen. Hallelujah. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears have not been made perfect in love. And so how do you become perfect, made perfect in love? Relationship with the Father. Knowing him. Knowing that he loves you. Knowing that he's your best friend. Knowing that you could tell him anything. Knowing that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Knowing that he's a deliverer. That he's a problem solver. That he has abundance. He he wish above all that we uh, prosper and be in health. Even as our souls prosper, he wishes the best for us. And he's already provided the best for us. But we got to believe this stuff. And you can't believe it getting secondhand knowledge. Amen. I got a friend of a friend that know a friend of mine. You know, we have to know him one-on-one, face-to-face. You can tell, you know, you have to feel like you can tell God things you can't tell people. Amen. But see, we tell our best friend things that we don't tell God. And he's sitting listening to her and say, hey, look at her. She's so goofy. She tell her what she telling her for. She could go back and tell everybody. You know what I'm saying? See, but we have to know him for ourselves. Know what's on his mind. Yes, you can know what's on God's mind. Although we have we have uh, his thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are higher, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen. There's nothing he won't show us that we need to know. I mean, he shows us things in part, but he will show us everything that we need at that particular time. In other words, God will not withhold anything from his people. He doesn't do that. Now, some things he don't tell us because we'll need to know. It's not that time, but everything that we need to know, God will show us. He will tell us. He will, uh, uh, create things to help us god is just a wonderful god he's wonderful and if you don't feel that way about him which there's times when i wondered if he was even with me amen but those those uh those times will pass because god will deliver you out of every single situation you just have to expect him to do it give him a chance to do it amen sometimes it's good to stew a little bit And then, you know, because it lets you know where you are in your walk. 
And let's just face it, folks. Our faith has to be tested. If God don't test your faith, how will you know what you're capable of doing? How will you know what you're capable of believing for? Amen. Hallelujah. And so perfect love, God's perfect love will take care of fear. It will cause it to leave your presence. Amen. So we need to be perfected in his love and his knowing God cares. Having intimacy, when you're intimate with somebody, you have a, a, a close, it's a closeness. That's all God wants. He wants that closeness with us. And when you have that closeness with God, let me tell you how we feel like he's snooping, he, he over in my business, you know, or we need our space. God don't want space from us. Amen. He loves that closeness. He loves the relationship. So stop fearing God. That's the bottom line. And stop hiding from him. Let's just get to the (laughs) real thing here. (laughs) I'm not dancing around it anymore. We fear God because we're scared of him. Why are we scared? Because we don't do everything right. But see, what you don't understand is God don't expect us to do everything right. He knows us. You know what we are, Clay? Amen. But see, we're made from clay. But God is saying this about his people, the ones that do right and the ones that do wrong. He says, I see some type of value in this earthen vessel. There's value in us. And he loves us anyway. He loves us in our wrong. He loves us in our right. He loves us no matter what. Now, who's going to love you no matter what? I don't know nobody. Amen. Because if you, you know, when I go and I would spend all the money, anybody to call my house, they said, where's Shirley? And my husband would say, out spending my money <laughs> at the mall or at the mall, you know. And he would forgive me, but sometimes he would get mad, you know. But see, God don't get mad at us. <laughs> you know, and only difference is I could tell my husband a song, a story. Well, see, it was like this. <laughs> But see, with God, you can't tell him no story. He already heard all the stories you can think up. Amen. But guess what? He still loves us. He is still in your corner. Man, he is in our corner. He will, you, you know, we can never lose his love. Never, ever, ever. And see, this is the lie that the devil will tell you, especially when we mess up or when, um, he talk us into messing up. Let's tell the truth about it. We'd get weak. We'd listen to him. And then we we nervous about God. <laughs> we get nervous about God. Then he started lying some more. You know, yeah, see, and you did that. And he didn't like that. And see, you, you, you know, now you got that against you. And you're going to have to pay for that when you get to heaven. And, you know, you're going to get a... You could get a small condo. You know, that's what he threatened a lot of people with. A lot of people, you know, hey, I'm going to make it in. I know that. I don't care what I live in. You know, I mean, a condo, a, a big house won't hurt now. But, you know, but the devil tell you all kind of lies. Amen. But when you know him, when you have a relationship with him and you know him, he will refute every lie that the devil tells. He will let you know, even if it's the preacher or whoever is coming down wrong, God will show you if you are, if you're right with him. He will show you 
what's real and what's not real. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 42. Hallelujah. I'm going to hurry up before everybody go to sleep. Because I feel it coming on. I know one of those sleepy days. You know, I could tell. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank God we don't have food. How many of you enjoyed that soup yesterday? Wasn't it awesome? Amen. Bridget is always feeding us well. Amen. I thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, I haven't eaten anything since then because it's still holding me down. All right. (laughs) Okay. I'm still full. Psalm 42. Let's see. Verse 1. It says, as the deer pants for water, the water of the brook. So pants my soul for you, O God. We're supposed to be hungering and thirsting like a deer looking for water in a brook when he's thirsty. And we're supposed to be that hungry for the Lord. And and most of the time, I think we are. We are. This is what I'm just talking from experience. We go do other things instead or we let other things come in there like the telephone or Facebook. Oh, Lord. And so we start letting these things come in and and occupy our time that we would normally spend with him. You have to be real determined to follow God nowadays. You got to be real determined because the devil's going to come in there with something. Amen. So in other words, we are to desire God just like we desire water. The deer desires um, the water from the brook. But we are to desire the living water from God. Amen. We are to desire the living water. And we do when there is relationship. We do when there is intimacy. We desire that living water. Hallelujah. And so there is a deep need and desire for intimacy. We desire it too. Isn't that funny? Sometimes we don't do it. But we desire to do it. We desire to serve God and make him first in our lives, don't we? But sometimes we let other things, you know. But we do desire that. We really do. And and I will not stand here and say, you don't. You do. We do. We desire God. And that's a good thing about us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to 1 John 4 again. I think we went there before. I don't know if it's the same scripture. We'll see when we get there. I don't know. 1 John 4, did I do? I think I did 18. Okay, so 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. That's why we love God. Sometimes we don't show it. Sometimes we take the wrong road. He's on the high road. We take the low road. We don't know why we do it, but we know he loves us and we love him back. It's just to what degree are we willing to put things and stuff, situations, people, we need to put them in their proper perspective. We need to keep God in his right place, which is number one. Amen. And sometimes we don't make the right decisions. Because we don't have intimacy with God. See, intimacy will let you know what you're going to do tonight at 10 o'clock. You know what you're going to do. You're going to pop open your Bible and get you a word and go to sleep. (laughs) Amen. That's what intimacy will do for you. 
relationship. But see, when you are not uh, accustomed to making him first, you might, I don't know, look at Fox or something. I don't know. We let other things come in there. Eat. <laughs> Chuck says she's going to eat her little leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to take care of that. Amen. You might do anything. But, you know, we, we in our hearts, we truly want to put God in there and say, Dad, you know, I, I want to just have a little time with him just to see what's on his heart. You know, but I'm going to tell you, the more we force ourselves to do it, the more we do it, uh, you know, how can I say that? We'll do it on purpose the more we force ourselves to do it. But you may have to force yourself to do it in the beginning. Amen. And see, we don't think that look religious. Say, oh, no, that's not what I'm doing. That's what we're doing. Amen. And then sometimes when we get accustomed, we train ourselves to uh, put God first, get in the word, put him, you know, seek him early, seek him late, like the Bible tells us to do. Sometimes we go in there and we totally miss it. Because let me tell you about the devil. He'll He'll throw some religion in there. And he'll tell you something means something it didn't mean. You get the wrong understanding because of no revelation or a little bit of revelation. You don't have enough of the pure revelation from God. And you'll think that it's saying one thing and it's saying another. How many of you can honestly say amen? Mm-hmm. I've done that. And then, you know, you look back as you mature, you say, oh, that that <laughs> that didn't mean what I thought it meant. You know. Amen. And so we do need to stay in constant communication with God, not just praying for something. I'm not talking about praying for your needs. I'm talking about communication. I'm talking about, you know, uh, the, the reality of a relationship. And we need to do it by choice. That's all I'm saying. We need to have a relationship with God by choice. Amen. You know, God, he sowed the first love seed. Because First John 4, whatever that scripture was I gave you, it says God is love. Let's see. The one where it says First John 4, 8, if you write that one down. It says God is love. And so when it says, uh, 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 when it, the Bible gives you uh, uh, a clear declar- declaration or decla- declaration, whatever it is, like that, you have to take it for what it means. And so what does God, God is love. That means that he has already made a way, an easy way for us to approach him in love. Amen. That he has already sowed that love seed and he's waiting on us to plant it, water it, cultivate it, recognize that it's, it's his, his feeling toward us. And, be, and start to be secure. See, God, God's love is secure. That's what makes you feel secure. Amen. But you know, God is with us whether we know it or not. But he really liked for us to understand and know that he is with us. He is for us. And he wants to do everything that we expect him to do and then more. Amen. Reasons we don't want intimacy with God. I just jotted down a couple. Because it requires setting aside time. Would you agree? That's the biggest thing, time. We don't want to give him that time because, hey, we got stuff to do. 
Amen. But what we have to understand is God is looking at that as a rejection. And so even though we have other things to do, we need to make time. Amen. It's like I gotten in a habit of not getting in my word uh, on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, because I'm going to church. You know, that that time with God. And he just let me know. He said, "Uh uh-uh. He said, I put up with that for a long time. He said, but it's time to mature. See, the, where we are in the, in, in the uh, timing of the church, God is looking for mature saints. Amen. Because he's got work to do. He's calling all people who, are, who he has called to ministry, even in families. You know, he is, he's calling those people that's been hiding from him. He's, he's calling those people that's been uh, prisoners of hope, just hoping and never expecting their time to come. He's calling those people that's been ex- expecting him to do exceedingly and abundantly for them. And, they, and you know how you get in a holding pattern of waiting? God is calling them people out. He said, look, it's your time now. So come out among, from among uh, your comfortable place or your place of strength, you know, and that's not real strength anyway. He, he says, come out because I have things for you to do. I want to put you to work. And I'm telling you, the the body of Christ, we need one another because we're a body. Hand, the thumb needs the fingers. The hand needs the wrist. We're a body. And we need one another. But what do we do in competition when it's not? That's so irrelevant. Amen. Because God needs us all. And he wants backsliders. He wants backsliders. He wants those that are not saved. He wants all of us to come forth because he's got work for us to do. There's a, the harvest is ripe, in other words. that The harvest out there, these people want God. They're not running from, the world ain't running from God. The church is running from God. Because we don't want that big assignment, that Africa assignment, <laughs> or whatever it might be. <laughs> And see, the church is running from God. The world needs God. Some of them know it. Some of them don't. But they'll tell you they're not happy. And they'll tell you that they need something and they want something. They have desires. And only God can bring forth those things. But he uses people. God blesses people through people. And so he needs us to straighten up, mature, and stop being religious. You know, religion is worse. It keeps it keeps a separation between us and God. That religion is something. I was all into that stuff, you know. And it's not good because it killeth. It kills. And one day I finally re- I finally understood what that meant. Religion killeth, but the spirit brings life. Amen. The devil will come in with that religion and he'll have your mind in another zone. And and the bad thing about religion, it's a permanent zone until somebody can break them devils off of you. Because ain't nothing but a devil. Amen. And it is. And it is a lying devil too. And it's a deceiving devil. That's the biggest thing. It deceives. Because you think something is one way and it ain't. It's like, that ain't what that meant. It, you know, it didn't mean that. And it didn't say that. Amen. All right, I'm going to be nice today.
So reasons why we don't want intimacy, it requires setting aside time with God and not being in a hurry. Okay? We don't, we, see, God will say, don't be in a hurry, take time, I want to spend time with you. And we say, we got to go to work, or we got to, you know. And so that's the number one reason why we don't want intimacy with God. Number two, I wrote down, intimacy requires submission to God without shame. And so that scripture that says, humble yourself under the mighty hands of God, that's what that means. It means that you have to humble yourself and you and see if you don't humble yourself toward man you ain't gonna humble yourself toward god that's the big test so that's what uh let's see let's go to we'll write down one peter five six and that's the scripture says humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god and he will lift you up let's go there let's go there for a minute first peter Let's go right there because I like for people to see it for themselves. First Peter 5, verse 6. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season, in due time. That's why I wanted to read it to you. God does the exalting, not you. See, this self-exalting, this self, how would you say that? Oh, she's doing something. Self-promotion, thank you. That self-promotion, it will get you nowhere. It will get you the fat head. Amen. And And guess what? You become your biggest admirer or your biggest fan. Don't nobody else care. Right, Nikki? Nobody cares. And so that's what self-promotion does. And that's why God says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And this is the part that's important. It says, and he may exalt you in due season. He will lift you up. Amen. Not we lifting ourselves up. Because we think, see, people do that because they're insecure. That's the real thing. They do that because they feel like they have to. But you don't have to. Amen. Number seven says, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. So he, you will not cast your cares upon the Lord if you don't know he cares for you. You got to know. And there's no way you're going to know he cares enough about you to cast your cares on him without a relationship. Because you'll always doubt. See, that's what causes us to doubt. That's what doubters, that's what, and it says you become double-minded from doubt. And a double-minded man don't receive your prayers answered. He receives nothing from the Lord. Because you wish-wash. Well, you know what that comes from? Being double-minded comes from no relationship. Because when you don't have a relationship, you ain't solid. It's just like if you don't know you have a stranger and you don't know them. You, it's only so far you're going to go with them because you don't know them. Amen. It ain't right because we're supposed to know people by the spirit. I'm just using that for an example. And then you say, well, I don't really know her. I don't really know him. 
And then you're not going to go up to them and, and put them in charge of anything or ask them to do you a special favor because you, you're not acquainted with them. You don't have that closeness. And that's the way it is. But although Christians are supposed to know each other by the spirit, you ever you ever met somebody and you tell them, I feel like I've been knowing you somewhere. Did I, did I meet you somewhere? That's knowing a person by the spirit. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to do everybody like that. And then some people you don't know, then <laughs> you don't know. You, you don't know. Amen. But you can usually tell by uh, the, the, a person's continence, you know. Not that we're magicians and all of that stuff, but we are supposed to know one another by the spirit. Now, verse eight says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that's what he does to everybody. But we don't have to go his way. Amen. We can tell that devil no. The only and listen, he don't know what no means unless your no is anointed. If your no is anointed, he hear you and he gets it. But if you, there's no anointing on that no, he coming back. And he usually wants more and more and more. Every time he come, he want another piece. He's never satisfied. You cannot please the devil. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to be sure. And the only way you can be sure is that relationship with the father. That's what makes you sure. That's what makes you secure. That's what makes you know. Amen. And that's what makes you non-susceptible to the devil's wiles. You know, the Bible used that word W-I-L-E-S, wiles. That's the tricks of the devil. And he uses the same ones if you watch close. Same tricks over and over again. He just gets new subjects. Amen. And sometimes he doesn't. He plays the same tricks on the same people all the time. And so we have to get in a more of a more secure environment. Or I'll say it like this. We have to um, get in a more secure place in the in the spirit of God. Where the devil can't trick us as easily. Amen. And it's knowing him. Knowing him. Knowing that he's with you. Knowing that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Know that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But sometimes us Christians, because I used to think about, think like that, he, he not going to do it. And this religious thing, this religious thing, I know he can, but will he? It's religious religion. So we have to get rid of all that stuff and closeness to God, resisting the devil, commanding him to flee. You got to give the devil the word. I got news for you. He ain't leaving on nothing but the word. If you don't know the word, that's where the word comes in handy. And if you don't tell him what the word says, he ain't going nowhere. Because I'm telling you, he sells a big a bill of goods that sound sound great. If you do this and if there's a quick, quick, quick pro quo. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <clears throat> you do this for me, I'll do that for you. He's always making a bargain. That's the quick pro quo. And that's what he's all about. 
You know, you don't have to do nothing for him. And you don't need him to do nothing for you. Whenever you hear that, you know it's the devil. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. But he will, God will exalt you in due time and teach you how to cast your cares upon him. That has to be taught. It's not easy to do because we go back and get it. But you know what I, I learned to, to do? I learned to teach, teach myself. I would say, um, when I would feel myself taken back what I just gave God, I would say, Oh, oh God, I took it back again, didn't I? And then see, if you just bring that stuff out in the open, then the, the less the devil can play with you because you put it out there. Don't keep it up here because he'll play games with you all day long. Amen. And I would tell the Lord, I said, oh, I took it back again, didn't I? And then I would give it back to God. God, I give this back to you in Jesus name. And I'm, I'm asking you to forgive me. And when you do that, that that thing will stop bothering you. The least the I mean, less and less will it start coming back on you. Amen. Number three, I wrote, intimacy requires total selling out to God's plan. Not just to God, to his plan. Do you like his plan? Do you like what he has planned for you? No. (laughs) Why? Might see Africa down there or something, you know. So you got to be okay with God's plan for your life. And a lot of people don't like coming out of their schedule. Amen. And so those are the three things. I didn't write any more down because I didn't want to bore you. But, you know, so let me just go over the first one in case you didn't write it down. Um, Reasons you don't want intimacy with God requires setting aside time. We don't like time because we're in a hurry. Number two, intimacy requires submission to God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And number three, intimacy requires total selling out to God's plan for your life. Now, what's the plan for your life? Whatever God wants. You got to be okay with it. That's the thing. God, I'll follow you wherever you go. How many times have you said that? But you got to mean it. Amen. Hallelujah. And I found out, I'm telling you, I found out God didn't want me to do nothing but what I was doing. He just wanted to break that fear and break that resistance in my heart and in my spirit. Y'all following me? He wants to break that rebellion on the inside of us that makes us think we're in charge and he's not. And so when I finally submitted to his plan and purpose, because let's make something clear. God is going to get his purpose done out of you. He, you will do what God wants you to do. You can do it when you're 40, when you're 30. I should have said 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. He's calling 80-year-olds to, to uh, their purpose. Amen. So as long as you want to wait, he got all the time in the world because he is time. Amen. He's the father of time. God knows no time. So it ain't bothering him. (laughs) But you will perform. 
you will obey him and do what he wants you to do. You can do it today or you can do it 10 years from now. God don't care. He would prefer that you obey him, but you will do what God wants you to do. Let me tell you, honey. Amen. <laughs> and and see, God wants you to fulfill your purpose. And and God, this closeness, this intimacy that he wants with us, he just wants to take your life and and take it back to the way it was supposed to be in the garden before Adam fell. Yeah, Adam. But you know, you know what they say, the wife. The blaming of the woman. We breaking that right now. It's like what you do it for. Amen. If you knew it was wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. Just having a little fun with the word. (laughs) But God wants to bring things back to its original state. Amen. And that's all he wants to do. But he needs our agreement. To do this if he's going to include us in this end time. Um, Everybody wants to be used. But you got to be used right. Amen. I want God to. I want to do what he expects me to do. Amen. Do I get anxious a little bit about what he's going to have me do? Yes. But do I worry about it? Not no more. Amen. It can't be any worse than it's been. (laughs) you know what i'm saying but working for god is exciting and we need to find joy in it amen because that's where our strength is the joy of the lord is our strength and see we so used to staying out of joy that we ain't happy (laughs) and we need to be happy amen hallelujah but intimacy with god transforms us into royalty He's just trying to get us at our finest. Amen. He's trying to uh, alert us to grab for the brass ring, to desire the best. His, his, what is that? I can never remember that saying, that scripture. His, um, our, yes, thank you, Nola. Our best for his highest. And that's what we should strive for. That's what we're looking for. We want to give our best for his highest. See, God wants us to choose the better, the better part. He wants us to choose the better. What's the better? What he's ordained for you. What he's ordained for me. The best. He's got the best husband, the best wives. I know y'all don't want to hear this. I don't care. He got the best husband, the best wife. And sometimes that can't be seen in the natural. You know, I think all the time. Yeah. And people are so used to judging you by how you look. And it's not right. Amen. They don't know your capabilities by what you, what you did or didn't do in that mirror. Amen. That's just the way it is. And so we need to trust God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Also, God wants us to be glory carriers. See, everybody wants to carry the glory. Oh, I want to carry the glory. I want to be anointed. And I want to 
Are you a glory carrier? You know what I'm saying? You got to be purified. Hallelujah. Purification is necessary. And trust me, you will go through it. We call it the process. (laughs) And it's rough sometimes. Amen. But we need to be purified. See, this is what intimacy and relationship causes. It causes a purification so that we can be glory carriers. Carriers of God's anointing. See, we want the anointing without the purification. I'm just telling you. We want the, we want the, uh, the glory. It's like, uh, what's this, the, the, the brother, the prodigal son that wanted all of his money. He wanted his inheritance. He wanted the glory without paying the price. That's how we are. Amen. But guess what? Those days are gone. If you didn't get away with it years past, don't try now. Because God is, time is short, God is calling in all flakes. Um, what are those other people we used to say? Flakes, fruits, yeah, fruits, nuts, and flakes. He's calling them all in, I'm telling you. And he's making royalty of the fruits, the nuts, and the flakes. Amen. And so it's no time to be playing games with God. Those times are gone. Amen. But we all want to be glory carriers, but we must be purified. The process of making something spiritually clean. He wants to make you spiritually clean. And you can't be made spiritually clean doing something else. Amen. That mean, Now that word purification means uh, extracting. The process of extracting something or the removal of contaminants. Amen. Or like we say in Bible talk, the burning away of proud flesh. Remember that one? God's going to burn away your proud flesh. Amen. And that's anything that is not like God is going to be burned. Amen. And what, but look at it like this. What's going, (coughs) what's going to be left is pure gold. What's going to be left is what God can use. And that's the thing that God wants to use to minister to people who don't know. There's a lot of people out here that has got one foot in hell. And and guess what? This is the thing that I didn't know until I was older in Christ. Every person that God has ordained for you to minister to, that that miracle has your name on it, whether you do it or not. He's holding you responsible. That's why when he tell me to open my mouth and say something to somebody, do I want to? No, but I do it. And I say, I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. Because I was crazy when I first got um, saved. I used to go in the market and just tell everybody about the Lord. You know that joy of your salvation? Amen. I want to just tell everybody. And then when I became mature, I became a stick in the mud. God can't use sticks in the mud. Amen. Hallelujah. So then he has to use dynamite to blow you out of that place. Amen. Hallelujah. But God does not want to lose his precious people. He wants you to continue 
to do just like it's just that scripture that says bring me back to joy and my salvation and that's my prayer now amen i want the joy of my salvation you know but i'm telling you there's been an onslaught coming against intercessors in case anybody that don't know it because the devil wants trying to make you quit praying quit caring quit doing anything for people of lesser want you to think you're more than we ain't more than (laughs) we ain't amen don't fall for that amen and that's the first thing god is coming after you're coming after that pride because he wants you to love people unconditionally amen love them if they have never done anything for you love them if they don't give you a smile love them anyhow amen and that's the god kind of love that's the zoe love of christ amen and god is expecting this because time is wrapping up now them religious people gonna keep telling you what time it is because they're time keepers it's the last day but what you gonna do about it is that means time is short stop playing time is short let god use you time is short get out of your brain time is short stop thinking that you are the master of your ship because you're not amen the captain of the ship or your ship or whatever because it's not that's fantasy amen i got tired of that fantasy life religion is fantasy and it will make you think things are one way when it's another and it's not so it's not real amen and it's just to throw you off to slow things up amen but we need the burning away of proud flesh that's why we have to submit to god amen and then he cleanses us by the washing of the water of the word just like a husband washes and cleanses his bride that's how that's how god cleanses us by the washing of the water we need God to wash our hearts, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds of so much insanity. I'm telling you. And all of this stuff is in the church. Amen. And that's why people don't want to come. We can't draw. We're supposed to draw people. Amen. Come to church and then you get picked on. Come to church and then you get, you should hear truth. The only kind of Let's see, how can I fix this to sound true? Because it is. The only way you're supposed to feel picked on is that word challenging you. The word is supposed to challenge you. Amen. Amen. You're not sent to a people. You are sent uh, by God to do a work in a specific place at a specific time. Amen. We don't own anybody. God owns you. Amen. Intimacy causes a renewal of the mind where we will no longer be vulnerable or the powerless church. I'm tired of the powerless church. Amen. Amen. It's time for us to rise up. Rise up in power. Rise up in our authority. We talk about it all the time. Rise up in who we really are in him. 
Amen. I mean, we are wonderfully and beautifully designed by God. God made us who we are. And he get, he's given us the necks of our enemies. Hallelujah. He's, it's, all, it's the already factor. He's already done it. But we don't walk in that. You, you should be, you know, it was this, I don't know if anybody saw it. It was on Facebook. It was this homeless person. It was a man, and he was on the sidewalk praying on his knees. Anybody see that? I cried. Have, he got more sense than people in the church. And he was praying to God. Amen. Hallelujah. This one person, they set him up. And uh, they gave him some money, $100, and they had a, a hidden camera on him. He was homeless. And they had a bet that he would go buy liquor. And he went and he went into this liquor store. <laughs> but he didn't buy liquor. He came out with a pizza, some pizzas, food. He went and bought some more homeless people that was living in the park. Now, he didn't think about no microwave, but he bought them pizzas. They could have started a fire. They were living in the park. It was a family. And so the, bo- the the guy felt so bad, the one that was recording. He went up to him, and he said, I, I have something to confess to you. He says, I, I gave you that money because we've been rolling a, a film, and we thought you would go buy liquor. He said, what, what made you go and buy food for these people? He said, well, he says, you know, you got to share, and you got to care about people. And so, and he spoke with such intelligence. And so the, the guy asked him, how happened you became homeless? And he said he was, he was taking care of his parents. Parents died. He had to get out of the house. He, he quit his job to take care of both sick parents. And they made him get out of their house. Because you know, sometimes you don't know if your parents' house is paid for or not. Sometimes people get loans on the house. And he didn't know it. And they set him outside. He said, but I, I was, uh, fully you know working and he said i was a productive person and so the guy he was just so overwhelmed and intrigued with him he wanted to help him and it's so good honey people that you can't judge a heart from the from the outside amen praise god and that so touched me he went and bought food for some other a homeless family that was living in the park isn't that something and he said, all I could do is just share what I had. So he said, here's another $100. He said, I want you to go and get you a room, take a hot shower. And, you know, that's how you're supposed to treat people, not treat them like they're beneath because they're not. Amen. God uses those people. Amen. He uses those people to teach us something. Amen. And so we should never forget who we are in him. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Because we should be doing that's when you do the Lord's work. That's who Christ is. And I and I know that's why Jesus went and sat with the sinners, sat with the taxpayers, sat with the prostitutes. He was trying to teach us something. Now, let me tell you the flip side of this. I'm going to go on in the bar and preach. No, you're not. Because God didn't tell you to do that. See, there we go. There we go. Amen. But that's not what God is calling you to do. But God will send you. 
you know, you don't have to go in the bar because look at the ones you're going to pass getting to the bar. Minister to those people. That's your church. Go and preach. Amen. But that was just so awesome. He went and he, you know, he don't, he, I mean, but he went and bought for a family. And it was, they had like three children, husband and a wife. Amen. But this is what having that right kind of heart, having a relationship with God, he'll put that on your heart to, to share. And to, and I know most of you in here, and if not all of you in here, I know you do just that. But, you know, we still have to preach, preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. But I'm telling you, this is what causes a church to be powerless. Arrogance. Religion. Amen. But the church need to rise up with wisdom and power and, and use that authority that God's given us. Amen. What are you doing with your authority? And give glory and honor to God. Because we want the glory, we want the honor. Amen. You know, I look at these prophecies on Facebook. God's going to do that to you, for you. He's going to do it. Do what? God is specific. What are you going to do? Watch those general, general prophecies. Because that hit a lot of us. And the people be right back. Hey Amen. That's confirmation. It's confirmation to me too. But God didn't tell you. That's not what God is telling you to tell the body. Because we need so much more direction. Yeah. Amen. Because we know he's going to do it. Amen. God wants uh, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And fix us where we hurt. And strengthen us when we're weak. When we are weak, he is strong. He makes us strong in our weakness. When you get out your strength from the Lord, amen, hallelujah. And no longer will we be called um, strangers of God, but we'll be called friends. I love that scripture. We will be known as his friend. See, when you have a relationship With the Lord, a lot of things are established, and that's one of them. I'm your friend. You don't have to run from me. I'm your friend. I'm on your side. I'm for you, and I will give you the desire of your heart. I'll give you everything pertaining to life and godliness. I'm the key to your future. My plan and my purpose is what you need. Nothing else. Nothing else matters. You know, what these people are talking about don't matter. God is calling us to a surrender all. We need to surrender all, I'm telling you. Put that stuff on the altar, whatever it is, or whoever he is or whoever she is, put them on that altar and surrender all so that he can rebuild our trust. Because, see, this is all God. See, relationship is to rebuild trust. If you don't have relationship, you can't trust anybody. Relationship builds trust. That's all God wants. He wants us to trust him enough to totally um, rebuild our faith and our trust in him. He's He's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get something to you. This is how you do it. 
there must be a process because it doesn't last forever and people don't want to go through that process intimacy with god causes a cleansing and a purging from all things that defile us he don't want things defiling you no more hey a hot dog can defile you you don't supposed to eat it so see when people talk about defilement they right away think sex or drugs or honey it can be anything that'll defile you amen you're supposed to be uh, if you're supposed to be uh fasting and then you look at a hot dog that's gonna defile you amen in the worst way hallelujah so god's plan and <laughs> just ask bridget ask bridget about that she gonna stop you from eating anything wrong you know do you really want to eat that yes i do i really really do <laughs> she's always right there trying to challenge well you can do it if you want to i know i'm grown <laughs> that's the t- kind of stuff you have to she gets you over her house she gonna have you on keto <laughs> amen all right just having a little fun bridget amen but the soup was delicious i was surprised she didn't key to us yesterday i said this is this is pretty good amen jeremiah 29 11 let's go there hallelujah jeremiah 29 is one of our favorite favorite scriptures hallelujah and expected in a future and a hope and this is what god has for you god is not trying to take something away from you he's trying to add more so jeremiah 29 11 it says for i know the thoughts that i think towards you see he knows what he's thinking toward us but we don't know what he's thinking toward us all we can do is guess with a carnal mind guess what's gonna come up something negative something bad but he says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil. He don't want any evil toward you, just peace, to give you a future and a hope. Some some uh, translations say an expected end. And it says, then when you call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Hallelujah. And you will seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. Amen. That's your former state of prosperity. Like when in the garden, he's going to restore that to you. It's all he wants to do. Amen. So he'll see, you'll seek him. Search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord. And he's talking about the Israelites. He says, and I will bring you to that place from which I caused you to be um, carried away captive. So God is fixing stuff. Amen. He's trying to return us back to where we should be like it was in the garden he's trying to to capture our hearts and give us his best amen and that's all god wants to do 
He wants to give us more. We want the less. We think we want more. We just want the wrong things. Amen. But we are his treasure. Amen. Second Corinthians 4 2. We're his treasure. He sees treasure in you. You know, the, and I just love how God does things because he does things to confound those that think they're all of that. And he calls people who been through stuff, some things. Amen. Hallelujah. He calls those that, oh, I'm in, I'm somewhere else. Let me go to Second Corinthians 4. And I think it talks about earthen vessels. Yeah. 4 verse 7. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessel, that the excellence, just look at the words that he's using here, the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen? Give glory to God. Give him glory where glory is due. Don't try to take his glory. Amen. We are weak and fragile people, but God uses us as instruments of his power. Don't ever forget it's God's power, not yours. It's God's power, not your power. Amen. I'm anointed. I'm a this and I'm a that. No, you ain't. Because God will show you at some point. Amen. Let's go to verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side. This is Chuck's scripture. This is to you, Chuck. (laughs) This is for you. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Amen. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not shaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. God is so good. You know, you may get there or have been there, but I'm telling you, you were not there alone. God was with you. Amen. He never leaves us, nor will he ever forsake us. He just loves us that much. Without the relationship of God, we resist God's authority. That's just natural. You're going to resist his authority without that relationship with him, without that closeness, without that... um, you know, without that, uh, whatever it is. What, what was I saying? Nah, nobody know. Hmm? Never mind. <laughs> All these self-appointments, stop it. <laughs> Amen. God will give it to me. <laughs> But you need intimacy with God. Amen. When you have that intimacy, you are motivated to do things God's way and not your own. And another thing, um, when you are intimate with God, he finds motives and he will show you your motives for everything that you do, everything that you want, everything that you're in, you're attached to. See, this is why we don't really want intimacy. Because God's going to open the book and show you just what's going on. But he will show you the motives of your heart. And see, all you do is when your motives, because, hey, come on, they're wrong. And you just say, God, I'm sorry. You ever done that before? 
Don, I, I didn't realize that. Or I knew it. I was covering up. Whatever. You just say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. My motives was wrong. But they're not anymore. Because, see, one good thing is once God brings that to the forefront, that's over. You know, he don't keep hanging stuff over your head. It's like, okay, you're done. Amen. Yeah, did you receive that? Eternal greatness. Eternal greatness is another byproduct of relationship with the Lord. Amen. He makes us eternally great. And eternal greatness comes from fellowship with God. Through intimacy. Not through self-appointment. Not through haughtiness. Not through rebellion. Without a relationship with God, we don't, we, we resist authority instead of using authority. Because authority don't work for you when you're resisting God. When you're not submitting that scripture we, we read where it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Well, if you don't do that, you resist, you're gonna resist authority. You're just gonna do it sooner or later because something's gonna hit your mind that you don't like. Or somebody's going to tell you what God said. You ain't going to like it. And the first thing you're going to say is God didn't say that. <laughs> Amen. And you're going to, you're going to be going to rebellion. But see, with a relationship, with that closeness to God, you can feel it coming on. And you say, I surrender. I surrender. Because you can feel it coming on. And God can catch you before you even get into trouble, before you get into pride. Pride is trouble. Amen. Some of us uh, just have that on us when we're born. But it's easy to get rid of. All you got to do is, is give that to God. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Cast that pride. It's inside of us. And we begin to live the false life. That's where pride takes you. It takes you into a false life. Pride takes you into religion. Amen. And and then you're living some kind of fantasy. And then you don't want nothing to come up and, and stop that fantasy. Because if that fantasy stops, you get you burned out and you mad. Amen. And so you you need to just get out of fantasy. Amen. That's what religion does. Religion, because religion is false. It can't give you anything but falseness. It can't produce anything but false. Because that's what it is. Amen. Religion is just false. Amen. It's a form. It's not the real thing. It's a form of godliness. But it, it denies the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and make that thing real. Amen. So it continues to be false and it'll make you feel comfortable in that. And I'm telling you, it takes dynamite to crack you out of that stuff. Because, see, people make a doctrine out of falseness. And then you ever been in a church so many years where you you just know that's right? Because that's what they've been telling you so many years. See, that's why people leave the church. They leave the church because it's built on false, false, the false word. Because see, for everything that God has, the devil has a counterfeit. And that's what religion is. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. It's not real. But it makes you stay in a holding pattern where you feel comfortable. 
but you don't want anything to come in and spoil your vision. You ever been there? That's what it is. And when your vision is spoiled, then you mad at everybody because you feel stupid. You don't have to feel stupid. We all been there. <laughs> but see, the thing about me is I'm not too, well, I, when I was in religion, I had a feeling it was wrong. You know, I had a feeling. I couldn't prove it, didn't know it, but something just didn't, didn't click. Amen. Like it don't click with you. And that's why we left religion because it was not authentic. It's not authentic. Amen. Let's do one more. James 1, 2. I know it's time to go. We are transformed by the washing of the water of the word. Amen. And God, look, he's come. He's trying to make you his ambassador. He got to clean us up. He still has some work to do in us. So we need to stop running from God and just let him clean house and drop the religion and the fake stuff. The fake, I started to say the fake news, whatever fake is. We need to stop it. Amen. Let's go to first James and then, I mean, James one and it will be done. Hallelujah. James one, verse two. And this is my brother and count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, this is why we don't count it all joy because God is not our friend. He's not our coach. He's not your cheerleader. He's not, he's, we don't know him like that because we don't want to. We haven't made him our best friend. We don't have relationship. So when you don't have relationship, you can't count anything all joy that you're going through. Because it hurts. But do you know you can hurt and count things all joy? Amen. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, and that's what trials are all about. The rough things you go through is testing your faith. And that's all it is. The testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. You can't get off the wheel when you want to. You got to stay on there and let God get the imperfections out. Although we know some of us are perfect, but you got to stay on there anyway and let God get the Mars and the imperfections out. Amen. To his liking, not ours. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If you get off that wheel too quick, you're going you're gonna to lack some stuff. Because you won't get everything that you're supposed to get while you're on there. In other words, you can't stop the process. you got to stay with the process until the process is done. Amen. In the back in the day, we used to say, flip, flip, flip him over. He ain't done yet. Put him back on that pit and let him cook some more. And so that's what we need to do with ourselves. Stop getting off of the wheel. Amen. Or you'll lack some things. Verse 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives up, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Hallelujah. And that word reproach means mocking without 
uh, laughing at you without making fun at you. God's not like that. Amen. He don't do that kind of stuff. He want to lift you up. Amen. In due time. Trials. Don't run from trials. The testing of your faith produces patience. Hallelujah. We're, we're to suffer like a good soldier. Second Timothy 2, 3. Please write that down. You read it when you go home. Suffer like a good soldier. In other words, stop murmuring and complaining. Look what it got. Look what Israel got for that. They all died in the wilderness. Amen. The second Timothy two three says, therefore, you must endure hardship as a, so, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Aren't we in the army of the Lord? We are the army of the Lord. We will run like mighty men, climb the walls like men of war. We won't thrust each other and we will not break rank. Run on the city, run on the wall. Look into windows like a thief. That's your mandate if you're an intercessor. Amen. God knows what he's doing. Amen. Make a sacrifice for the greater cause. God is the great. Choose the better part. Stop settling for less. Stop settling. God is the better part. Choose him. Amen. Choose what he has for you. He's got the best wife, the best children, the best job. He's got the best house. He's got the best everything for you. But we don't trust him. Psalm 34, 19. It says many of the many are. What is that? Many are those of the afflictions of the righteous. But God delivers them out of it all. Something like that. Psalm 34. Hallelujah. I'm just going to read it anyhow. 34 verse 19. And it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Look, everything, all the trouble that God gets you in. Look, it's going to be trouble when you choose Christ. When you lay down the world and choose God, trouble's going to come in your life. But it's nothing too big for God. And I'm going to tell you, God does a quick work. And he does a complete work. And he gives you your best when you choose the best, choose the better part. And that's Christ. When you choose that and you put down everything else that you've been involved in and you say, I'm going to go this rocky road. Amen. You're choosing the better part and God will reward you for it. Amen. Why don't we stop? All right, God, we thank you for your word. We bless you. Amen. We bless you and we exalt you. And we lift you up. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the people that you sent here today. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in this hour. We thank you and we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Now, is there anybody? if there's anybody that needs prayer, I'll pray for you before we go. And Pastor Barb uh, told me to let you know that there is something going around that people are assuming is the flu. Amen. And uh, <laughs> and she says God told her yesterday it ain't the flu. Amen. So he, she wants anybody that's been coughing or having symptoms come up and I'll lay hands on you because she has ordained me to do that. Amen. 
So come up if you want to. Amen. Hallelujah.